Hello, thank you for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. I'm your host, Doug Draper, uh, and I'm with the Denver Transportation Club. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome a couple of phenomenal guests that are joining us out from the California region. Um, they are with Cal Portland, and we're gonna have a little conversation uh, about concrete and cement and sustainability. So we're looking forward to it. We always like to learn a little bit about our guests before we get started. So I'd like to uh, introduce to the audience, uh, Tina McIntyre and Bill Gerald. Uh, they're both with uh, Cal Portland. And uh, let's learn a little bit about you guys. So Tina, why don't you give us a little summary of kind of what you've been involved with and how you ended up at, uh, at Cal Portland. Thanks, Doug. Good morning. So I'm Tina McIntyre and I'm the Vice President of Marketing and I've been with Cal Portland now for about five years. So I came to Cal Portland through an asset acquisition um, of the Oregon cement plant five years ago. And at that time I worked for a company named Martin Marietta and prior to that it was Texas Industries. I have about 25 years of cement concrete related experience um, in the industry and have just so enjoyed my time with the industry. Great people, um, technical, you know, the technology and the innovations that we're seeing moving forward is just really exciting. So it's a great time to be part of this industry. So thanks for having me, Doug. Cool. Yeah, for sure. We're excited. Yeah, for sure. All right, Bill, Bill, you're up, my friend. Tell us about yourself and your journey with uh, Cal Portland. Yeah, um, I'm Bill Gerald, and I'm the Chief Energy Engineer for Cal Portland. I've been with Cal Portland uh, 27 years now. Um, I different positions at the cement plant in Arizona, and then became the energy manager for the company in 2007. Uh, prior to coming to the cement industry, I was uh, I was in the U.S. Navy nuclear power program, and and I actually got a, a degree from the University of Arizona in nuclear engineering. So it was quite a diversion from my uh, nuclear engineering path, but it's been a very rewarding career to be uh, involved in cement. And like Tina says, it's it's a very technical uh, industry, and it's uh, and there, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of changes going on and a lot of process improvements. It's just been an exciting time, and it's 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 a great career and a, and a great uh, group of people at Cal Portland. Right, that's terrific. Well, you started to intimidate me a little bit when you said nuclear engineer. So you're going to have to dumb this whole thing down for me for sure. Right. Um, and, and we'll start. Everybody's into virtual learning now. So it's very, uh, very apropos, if you will, that we're going to go back to class in the sense that I think it's important for our audience to understand the difference between cement and concrete. I think it's used interchangeably and people may not know and understand the difference that one's an ingredient and one's a finished product, so to speak. So maybe let's just kind of start there about the differences and, and why there are and, and kind of go from there. So I don't know, Bill, maybe we'll throw that one over to you. Okay. Yeah. So it, it really is in, in our industry, cement and concrete, they're interrelated, but we do like to make sure that everybody understands, you know, what, what are we talking about at different times? So, um, Cement is is the product that it, it starts out as limestone. Every cement plant in, in in the world is pretty typically near a limestone deposit, and you mine that material and you you put it in a cement kiln. You, you, it's a furnace, and you uh, increase that temperature and you convert this uh, this material into what we call Portland cement, right? And and it, it comes out as a product uh, similar to lava, 
and then you have to recrush it to grind it down to the uh, the powdered product. Now, the Portland cement is essentially the glue. When you make concrete, you take you know, let's just pick, you know, very simple numbers, one third water, one third aggregates, which would be some sort of a sand and rock. And uh, and then you add the Portland cement and you mix that together. And as soon as that water hits the cement, it starts to uh, hydrate and it's it's starting a, a, a process where it's going to harden, right? It's going to harden all that aggregate together. So concrete is that finished product that's that's, you know, in the foundation of our buildings and the foundations of our roads. And cement is just the the portion that's the glue that that is introduced to make the concrete. You know, that, that's that's a very one on one low level. There's obviously a lot more. There's a huge amount of chemistry involved and and uh, and, and how you make it is is the quality control is uh, very important. And uh, it but that that is cement one on one. And one thing to think about. Right. That. That truck that's going down the street that's got the rotating barrel, right? That is a concrete truck. That has got concrete in it that we're delivering to a customer. I think almost all of us were raised up saying, hey, that's a cement truck, and that's not a cement truck. It's a concrete truck. Hmm. Got it. Yeah, well, you kind of led into my next question about the the truck uh, uh, going going down the road. Is it? This is kind of just a, a, a one-off question, but generally do they uh, erect temporary um, concrete facilities around job sites. I've always seen that before where there's this little complex that, that pops up, obviously big facilities where you are, are, are not where all the construction is. So how does that work whenever there's a big infrastructure program um, and making sure that they're, uh, they're mixing the batches close to the actual product or project, yeah, excuse that, me, talk that, about that a little bit. Right. You know, that definitely can happen. Now we, you know, our company, we have dozens and dozens of uh, ready mix concrete plants that are providing concrete to you know our our regions um, but you're right if there's a big project there's many times that they will build a we call it a batch plant right a concrete batch plant mm -hmm. and it'll be it'll if they're mobile they're on wheels they can move and, and set them up pretty pretty quickly and that way it's right there on site delivering it and you know very very efficiently and very fast right to that particular job and then when that when that job's done they'll tear it down and move it on to the next one yeah nice well, that's good. I know one of the things that we want to talk about on the show here is kind of the sustainability aspect of, of uh, the industry. And to be honest, whenever we were talking uh, before the show, I was amazed at how important that concept is and how Cal Portland has really embraced uh, the importance uh, and the need to have sustainability in, in your industry. So, uh, Tina, I'm going to throw this one over to you. So maybe on a broader perspective, when you say sustainability in your industry, what Kind of what does that mean on a 30,000 foot level? Sure. I mean, when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about long term resilience, you know, a product that's going to last, you know, um, more than just um, for the immediate needs of something. So we're talking about from the minute it leaves the plant, you know, whether it's cement going to a ready mix plant and then that turning into concrete and then that, you know, ultimately turning into a road or a building or a, um, you know, any type of structure, a bridge or, you know, a dam. Um, what we're looking at is, you know, the idea that this product is going to be there for the long term, you know, because it is resilient and durable, you know, so especially in our industry, 
you know, we're, we're looking at solutions and creating solutions that are sustainable solutions. And since we didn't mention this in the beginning, but Cal Portland's been around since 1891. So we've got a long history, you know, within the industry, but we've also have a long history of providing sustainable solutions, whether it's directly through the cement and through our products or things that we've done in and around the um, in and around our company. For instance, we have this old aggregate facility in Washington, been around for years, you know, for decades. Mm -hmm. once, once we had finished mining that location, we completely reclaimed that property. And it's now known as Chambers Bay Golf Course, which if you're a golfer, you know that that mm -hmm. was the site of the US, um, the US Open Championship back in 2015. And it's just a gorgeous facility, you know, out on the water. But a lot of people don't know that that was a former aggregate facility. So, you know, reclamation is just one way of looking at, you know, a variety of ways to describe sustainability in our industry. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, there's a designation um, that's out there called Energy Star. And I've always seen that, and I'm sure our audience on appliances and other things where there's a nice logo and there's kind of a, a motion star. Um, and you kind of talk about um, the sustainability of that. But I didn't realize you could have that in, in industries and, and businesses. And you guys are Energy Star uh, certified a little bit. So I know, Bill, you're pretty proud of that. You've been involved with, with uh, uh, developing that designation. So maybe jump in a little bit about what Energy Star means specific to your industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Energy Star, it, it it's a great program, right? And you know, the first thing to know is Energy Star is actually an EPA program, and um, it their brand recognition is is pretty good. And as you said, you know, you can go and you can find a refrigerator, and if that if that Energy Star logo was on that refrigerator, that means that it it's passed certain requirements for energy efficiency. Um, it's you know, I think like like you said, most of us recognize that. Now, what's part of the same program is there's an Energy Star Industrial Program, and it's a partnership. And, and what this partnership does is it, it brings a company like mine, an industrial energy intense company, and we sign up and we, we become a partner with Energy Star. And along with that is many, many other industries, uh, people, companies in my industry, as well as others, that we all, we meet regularly, we share best practices, we discuss uh, energy topics and and what are the um, you know what are the what are the best methods for for energy efficiency? What are the next technologies? It's a constant sharing amongst all of these companies, and and that 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 partnership. I, I've I've learned so much from it, and then the stuff that I learn, I bring back to my company, and and then in return, as a partner, you return the favor, right? And and you mentor other companies, and I, and I will talk to other. Uh, companies and try to bring them into Energy Star, right? We we've all we're trying to always grow the program because the more people you can get in a partnership, the more you can can share with each other, and 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 like you said, some of the, one of the the banners of an Energy Star program is they they really believe in the the, the feedback and and recognizing achievements, and and so we we do have we have Energy Star certified cement facilities. Our our one in Arizona has been a nine time Energy Star certified cement plant. Um, we've also got multiple plants that are uh, within what's called the Energy Star Challenge, and and that challenge is that you you're you you say you're going to or you sign up to reduce your energy efficiency by ten percent, 
And if you reduce it by 10% within five years, then you will become what's called an Energy Star Challenge Achiever. And right, so once again, this is a recognition. It's a way to tell our employees we're doing a good job. It's a way to tell the public that, that we're doing everything um, uh, we can do to reduce our, our energy content. You know, and that part of sustainability, that's, that's where we, you know, we're, we're trying to reduce our energy content all the time, right? It's economically, it's important, right? The less I buy energy, the less money I spend. But then on a sustainable aspect, the less energy I, I consume, the less emissions either from the power generation or from the direct emissions from our plant. So that, that really has been, you know, uh, a, a big part of our, our, our sustainability program to this point. And Energy Star has been instrumental in maintaining uh, our energy management program, you know, and, and all the tools that it provides us. Nice. That's good. That's well, good. between uh, repurposing uh, into a golf course and, and the Energy Star, it's obviously a passion of, of Cal Portland with the, uh, the sustainability. So, Tina, I'll probably throw this one to you since you're the sales and marketing guru. Like, why is Cal Portland so... Um, interested and passionate about uh, the whole sustainability uh, project. We, you know, Bill just spoke about a couple of cool things and, and, and alignments you've had with Energy Star and the support you've given to other companies. But maybe take a step back and say, why do you care about this so much? What's the underlying theme behind that? It's very impressive, but just curious and say, why have you embraced it to this level? Sure. I mean, like Bill said, obviously it makes sense financially, but it also makes sense for the environment, you know, depending on what what part of sustainability or what we're doing, you know, whether it's um, like Bill spoke of with the um, the Energy Star Award, we really take a lot of pride and Bill's been instrumental along with his energy management team of creating this culture within um, within Cal Portland, where employees truly take the Energy Star message and providing efficiencies and looking for different ways to create um, savings that, you know, just become natural within the Cal Portland environment. But I mean, looking past our company, we're just being, you know, we really truly are um, trying to be really good environmental stewards to the communities in which we live. You know, we want to take care of the people that, you know, work for us and the communities in which we're located, you know. So, you know, we really try to be active in the communities where we where we operate. Um, and we try to, you know, again, going back to that really cool golf course, which you need to go look up, um, just, just so you can see how beautiful it is. Um, you know, just trying to create, you know, and reclaim the areas that we, you know, mined and processed. So I think it's it's it really goes to taking care of our people, taking care of you know the environment that we that we live in, whether it's local or you know um, the environment as a whole. Yeah, that's great. I know carbon emissions uh, is kind of a buzzword um, out in in the world right now, especially with some of the new leadership back in Washington D.C. and you guys had made mention that um, the concept of net zero by 2050 seems like a long way off, but you know things. A lot of stuff needs to happen between now and there. So maybe talk about that initiative and what the net uh, uh, net zero for 2050 really means. Yeah, well, our our parent company Teheo, they have. Um, 
they have basically said, you know, we have put this, you know, um, this goal of being net zero by 2050. And so, you know, we, we, you know, have followed, you know, definitely followed suit and are along with the, the rest of the industry, you know, are, are setting these goals of, you know, trying to be carbon neutral, whether it's, you know, um, providing cements, producing cements that are lower in their carbon footprint. We just came out with a new product called Advancement. And simply by changing the way that we produce, this, produce the cement by adding limestone into the process, we are creating, we're creating a cement that's car, or lower in carbon by 10%. So, and it doesn't, um, it doesn't change any of the performance capabilities, you know, everything sort of, you know, apples to apples when you look at, you know, ordinary Portland cement compared to this new Portland limestone cement um, product that, you know, with, that we just introduced called Advancement. But um, so why wouldn't you use a product that's automatically going to lower your carbon footprint by 10%? Um, so we're, we're taking initiatives and really trying to find ways of how we can lower our carbon footprint. I mean, so we, in the beginning of, um, of our conversation, we really spoke a lot about our, um, ready mix and how much ready mix, um, how cement goes into ready mix products and where that goes, you know, whether it's a building or a, or a road or a, you know, a, some sort of structure, you know, um, ready mix concrete is the most used building product in the world and it's been around for for you know thousands of years so um because we produce such a large volume of concrete which uses cement we you know there are a lot of um carbon emissions you know that go along with that because of the volume so you know we're really looking at ways of how we can you know, do our best to cut back on emissions and ways to streamline, you know, our efficiencies and um, and just basically lower carbon footprint. Mm, nice. Uh, Bill, you and I spoke before about uh, some of the standards out in California and California always seem to, to set the standard, if you will, and uh, the rest of the country follows you always hear about California emissions uh, on automobiles and things of that nature. And I know there's a program out there related to tax uh, incentives uh, based on the amount of, of carbon generated. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that and, and how that uh, carbon offset and tax credits work? Yes, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, it's a, called a cap and trade program where they, um, your, your industry and, and ours being one of them is a, we're a large carbon emitter and they, 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 they cap the amounts, are, we have an allotment every year of, of carbon that we're allowed to get out in tons. And if we are above the allotment, we have to buy carbon credits to offset the, the amount. Um, and then each year that carbon offset is reduced. So that what they're trying to do is trying to drive down the, the carbon emissions and, and bring financial incentives for us to either, you know, you, you, buy, you, you buy the carbon credits to offset what your um, your production needs are, or you somehow try to reduce that that carbon uh, carbon offset. And there and there's an open market. There's a market that trades carbon, and and you know the price of that carbon fluctuates based based on you know uh, demand supply and demand, and and it, so it's an economic way for 
um, you know, forcing industries to to uh, to reduce carbon emissions. And as you said, California being, you know, the the one state that's actually doing it. So we have to perform our two cement plants within that state. Um, you know, outside of the state, you don't have to perform to that level. It's it's only internal. But as you said, with the new administration, I, I would expect uh, some sort of, uh, and it's being discussed in Congress now, some sort of a carbon, either carbon tax or similar cap and trade method of, of uh, trying to, you know, economically incentivize reducing uh, your carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, we're here today with uh, Bill Gerald and Tina McIntyre at Cal Portland, and we're really diving into um, concrete sustainability and some amazing things that their company is involved with. So I'm going to switch over and talk about this little triangle I think that we all grew up with, and I think it was started back in the 70s, at least when I was growing up uh, in school, it was a big thing. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Uh, We could even throw in repurpose a little bit in there, Tina, with your golf course example. But um, using those three in that triangle, reduce, reuse, and recycle, what are some specific examples uh, that Cal Portland is doing that may fit into each one of those categories? Tina, maybe I'll start with you. Sure. You know, uh, I guess one of the one of the first things and most tangible things that I can think of is that um, you know uh, you can. I don't know if many people know that you can recycle concrete. So when a building or a road, you know, meets the end of its life, you know, after 50 or 60, 75 years, you know, you can take, demolish that building or, you know, um, break up that road, take that existing concrete, reduce it back down by crushing it into smaller aggregate, and then reuse that aggregate in new ready mix to rebuild that building or another building or another road or, you know, in some other um, application. But I think that's a um, um, a great example of how we can take what we've produced, reuse it, re-implement it, you know, and, you know, you keep hearing about, well, I hope people are hearing about this idea called the circular economy, where you take what you've created or a product from what you've created take it through its life cycle, and then it meets the end of its life cycle, you know, and then you take it and implement it back into, you know, another life cycle. And so you just keep using that um, product over and over again, keeps it out of landfills, keeps it um, in use in some capacity. And that whole idea of a circular economy is just a great way to explain sustainability and, um, is a great example to show um, how our industry, the cement and concrete industry, you know, are doing um, and creating ideas and creating ways to um, keep our keep our products recyclable and renewable. So I think that's I think one of the easiest ways to to describe that yeah. concept. Yeah, that's great, uh, Bill. There's a buzzword that I, I've heard in in uh, doing some research with. Uh, with uh, Cal Portland and the industry is sustainable concrete, right? Sounds cool. Um, and I uh, wanted to see if you could elaborate on that. When I hear sustainable, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure the road's still safe and the building's still structurally safe. But I know there's some cool technology out there um, that's happening. So when we hear the word sustainable concrete, um, you know, what, tell me more. What does that really mean? Well, you know, uh, Tina mentioned advancement, you know, this uh, this cement that's got a 10% reduction in 
in uh, in emissions and in sustainability and the, the concrete. It's very long life, right? It, it, it's it's lifetime. The life cycle of concrete is is enormous, and reducing the carbon content that goes into the concrete, well. It, it's going to go over decades of the life of that concrete. It, it, it's not going to be demolished in 10 years. It's going to be down there for, you know, literally 50 years or even, even up to 100 years. And that, that sustainability comes in. If we can reduce the carbon content on the front end and then have a very long life cycle for that concrete, um, it's, it's proven to, you know, it's sustainable, you know, attributes. Yes, there is an energy, um, you know, portion at the front that we have to we have to put a lot of energy into this this cement and 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 the chemical composition changes but the life cycle of the of the concrete overall is um is is a tremendous and we want to make sure you're looking at the full life cycle of concrete to, to understand that uh that you can have stainless concrete that you can have a a product you know re, you know just like we're talking about reducing our our emissions and reducing the um the carbon content as much as you can, but provide a product, as you said, that is safe, has has good the proper quality, and meets all standards. That you know every state has very very high standards for the uh, the concrete that they require, and in order to perform the job, and they have to meet all those performance standards. Nice. All right, so I've been working on this cool catchphrase for a while, so hopefully it'll resonate. So we're going to talk about some future trends, right? Um, so maybe we'll start, uh, Tina with you. So here I go. All right. Talk to us about a couple of trends that are going to rock the concrete industry. That was definitely, I've worked on that all day. Right. So, uh, talk to us about some things that are happening. Fast forward five, seven years down the road. What, what are some technologies that are going to be, um, uh, be with us? Um, talk a little bit about the forward nature of the industry. Sure, sure. And um, love any kind of pun that has to do with rocks or cement. Creating the foundation. I love it. Um, I think going back to carbon emissions, um, as you mentioned before, you know, that's a big topic right now. You know, you heard it in the elections, you're, you're hearing it every day in the news cycle, you know, so I think that's definitely going to be something that's going to be with us for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You know, I mean, we talked about um, net zero by 2050. California has net zero by 2030. You know, there's there's all of these, you know, deadlines or not deadlines, but um, um, guidelines and years that we're, we're really trying to achieve a net zero carbon balance, you know, by. But so I think um, carbon is definitely going to be an issue um, that that our industry is going to be looking at, whether it's looking at um, different ways for carbon sequestration, you know, at the plant, um, at the ready mix plant, you know, downstream, um, just different ways to um, um, limit our emission capabilities. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. You're out. You're, you yeah. guys are certainly passionate about it. Bill, um, I'll ask you the same question. Any Anything cool coming down the road in the next five or seven years um, unrelated to carbon footprints? What you're, you know, you're the engineer. You're in the lab mixing stuff up. I wasn't sure what your thoughts were on future trends. Well, for, for sure, alternative fuels are, are, are going to be a, a big target for, you know, us 
Cal Portland, um, you know, getting the permits to to burn all and alternative fuels can be a, a wide variety of things. Uh, we actually had uh, we have we have the ability to burn rubber tire chips in Arizona, and we used to do whole tires in California before that plant shut down. And and that, that's that was that's a you know it's a good fuel and it's it's a way to get rid of a, a you know a landfill um, issue and and make a fuel out of it. So alternative fuels I think are a big um, you know Tina lightly uh, mentioned uh, carbon sequestration. There's been a lot of pilot projects in the country on power plants for reducing carbon content. Uh, cement plants are the next obvious um, target. And there's been a, a few uh, cement companies that are actually joining up with Department of Energy and, and having pilot programs where you're actually trying to capture the CO2 as it leaves the uh, stack and capture it and, and, and either put it underground or make some sort of a product out of it. I think that's gonna be big. You know, we, we have 24 megawatts of uh, wind power at our Mojave cement plant. I think renewables will be, you know, big in the future. Um, it's, uh, you know, as we, as battery storage and renewable has, has come down in price, I think there'll be a lot more renewable on-site at, at facilities. Um, I'm always constantly looking and trying to, you know, make make it all pencil out, make it work, and, and to get more renewables in our portfolio. Um, so some of the, those are some of the, the next years, uh, you know, next few years, uh, things I'll be working on. Great. Well, um, Bill, Tina, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today. I I've learned a lot and I know our audience has. And, you know, on a personal note, I'm truly impressed with what uh, Cal Portland is doing and embracing concept of, you know, reducing the footprint, engaging the environment and understanding how important it is and really having a, a company-wide perspective. So, I just want to say, you know, congratulations on that. It's very, very cool. So thank both of you for uh, uh, joining us today. And I'd like to thank our audience as well for joining us on Uptime Logistics. Of course, it's brought to you by Cap Logistics. You can learn more about Cap Logistics and the services they provide at the uh, link below. Obviously, visit caplogistics.com for all of your transportation and logistics needs. So I think that's it. We're going to call today, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Uptime Logistics. Take care.